0: thank you so much come on hey guys thank you sir you're a you're a you're an attractive bunch it's good to be back in a conference yeah I don't know if you guys feel I do I love it it's good to see a room with some people in it I'm sick of looking at screens and to see Jake's face like the first one uh it just it does my heart well I love you Jake thank you so much he called me up guys like I don't know. God, I feel like it was eight, nine months ago. You called me up. You're like, Will, what are you doing these days? I was like, I don't even know. Who's even booking anything? This was like <laughs> like in the throngs of COVID. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, we, we got this church. It's amazing. They're like my friends. They, they're amazing and prophetic and artsy and like free. And you got to come. And I was like, you just give me dates and I'll be there, man. And uh, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jake. And just thank you, everyone that's, that's put this together, just walking in. Everything's done with excellence. and I just, Really, really great. If your staff here or pastors here, uh, I don't know, if you, if you work uh, at the church or want to work at the church or have once worked at a church, good job. You made this all happen, okay? Uh, I got my uh, two boys here, Josh and Josiah. They're pretty cool. So if you see them... Uh, give them cash. They love cash. Just bills. They love it. Cash, money. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Don't give them cash because then they're going to spend it on stuff like candy and then I'll be up all night. So give them cash uh, later. On. Uh, Josh was born in Mozambique. He's my little uh, he's my little Mozambican kiddo. Uh, and Josiah, he was a U.S. born kid. We still love you though, buddy. Uh, and then I have Bella. She, (laughs) she's the middle one. She's on the, on the missions field right now with my wife, Moosey and, uh, and yeah, my daughter Bella They're they're on a trip in, in Puerto Rico. So I got to haul the kids on down here and uh, come and hang out with you guys. I can't think of a better way to spend a weekend so thank you so much i'm really looking forward to being here tonight tomorrow night um i don't know if you guys have ever heard me before i don't expect you to and i love that i actually i am i'm from massachusetts i'm sorry uh i just apologize like right out the gate I'm from a small island called Gloucester. Uh we're north of Boston. Uh so uh J- Gorton's Fish Sticks, you're welcome. Uh yeah. <laughs> My, our school mascot was the G- Gorton's fisherman. Legitimately, that's our school m- mascot. Um and uh like Wicked Tuna. I don't know if you watched that on Discovery, you're welcome. Um, ooh, the perfect storm, that's a good one. You're welcome. Uh yeah. So in my town, people die on boats. Yeah, that's about what happens. Uh, It was a small island. You could drive around about two hours, grew up there. uh, And I'm just kind of shooting the breeze for a second. Just give me a second. Uh, Small town, uh, drive around about two hours. Uh, My mom was a closet charismatic, got saved at an Assemblies of God-like radio program. And I remember coming home and seeing her. She was crying next to the radio. She's an artist. And uh, so she was painting and crying. I was like, well, what's the matter, Mom? She's like, I'm Jesus. I love him. Everything's changed. I was like, okay. You know, make me a sandwich. It was like snack time, coming home from school. (laughs) Food is my love language. And and everything changed. Uh, Everything changed when Mom got saved. And then just a few weeks later, she got baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit at like a tent revival meeting. And that's when everything's like really changed. But we were caught up in a in a, like a congregationalist, more liturgical, uh, yeah, world. And, and secretly my mom was like mixing oils in a bathtub, you know, painting pomegranates and gold because, uh, that's what charismatic artists do, uh, in their free time. (laughs) I grew up going on like a women's aglow boats on the coastline and like throwing uh, scriptures in the water. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, No? How many of you guys are like old-school Pentecostal like charismatics? Like, the good kind? Like, the tambourine streamers? Like, not like the normal tambourines, like the glisteny ones with like stuff, fringes coming off. You know, like, I got egg shakers for Christmas, like, because there was like a warrior worship uh, weapon. Yeah? Like, I actually know how to play the didgeridoo. Like, not because I was into it, because it was like a warrior weapon from Australia. So, boom. I, I was in a prophetic dance and arts team for a little while. Let's not talk about it. There are pictures of me dancing with swords. Mm? Like that's kind of the old school charismatic world that I came from. It was a, it was a doozy. Any of you guys remember the conferences, like people come in like white leotards all together and like a line, it like after worship before Randy Clark would speak. No, okay, never mind. Okay, never mind. Okay, that's too far back. Uh, so grew up in a small town, got saved when I was 17, uh, had a radical encounter with the Lord, and jumped right on into full-time missions. At 17, I moved to Paraguay, and uh, that's where I met my wife. She's Paraguayan. So if you're wondering why I look like a Latino, uh, we're one in the flesh, and uh, I've changed my vibe since then. Uh, and so, muy guapo, and uh, all of those things. I became a missionary when I was 17. And uh, saw a move of God in the nation of Paraguay. And from that, jumped into running full-time around the world with Randy Clark for years. I'm just giving you a little background, because I don't normally speak in California. I feel like you guys need a little. Um, Actually, I want to tell you where I've come from, so maybe it carries a little bit of weight with what I say. And then uh, traveled around the globe with Randy Clark for three years until I met a little blonde lady. Uh, And everything changed. Uh, I met this little lady named Heidi Baker and I remember sitting on the floor up front and she I don't really remember everything she said but it involved like crying and weeping and shaking and and next thing I know the Holy Spirit fell on me and somehow she like picked me up cradled me and I'm like I'm kind of like in her arms on her lap as she's like praying and prophesying over me and immediately I was like I'm leaving Randy Clark and I'm going to go be with that one, because she's really cool. And I was sick of doing meetings. I was tired of doing meetings. I was tired of going to churches, lining everybody up, watching the Holy Spirit touch them powerfully, like powerfully in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then them going home and doing nothing with it. Coming back the next day, coming back the next six months, coming back the next year, asking God to do the same thing, but never doing anything with it. I said, I need to make sure that This doesn't just work in a church with a bunch of charismatics that believe the same thing that I believe, but it works amongst the poor, the sick, the needy, the broken, the dangerous. And my wife and I uh, married about a couple of months. I think it was six six or eight months. uh, Hopped on plane and moved out to Mozambique and helped pioneer the new base up in in Pemba, Mozambique with Heidi. And, uh, man, it changed everything. It wrecked me. It broke me. And after three years, the Lord called me back to the States. And My wife, we had two kids at that point. I won't go into the birthing story. Uh, it's a little too early in our relationship for that. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's not. Uh, but uh, anyway, I won't tell my son's story because he's here. And then I'll get yelled at later. And I don't want to do that. Um, but two kids on the missions field in our little, in our little house. Um, and uh, it was awesome. And uh, came home and started traveling back again with Randy Clark. And it was that time I... I actually met this beautiful man of God. Uh, I don't remember whether... I think it was on a trip, actually, to Mozambique. I was traveling, taking a team, and I saw the heart of this man, like, just paying his own way, coming out, getting on a plane just to serve and worship in the bush. Like, what you see Jake do here, he will do in the bush of Mozambique and more. Maybe not with the electricity, but with the joy, the hunger, the passion, and the zeal. That's That's why I love this man. We've seen... We've watched God move... Uh, in the dirt and in the dust, so many times, and uh, got to connect with this man there and and uh yeah, for the next eight years was itinerating we We did some movies uh, together those uh, we we never traveled together, but we went and did that whole thing with Darren, and we would end up in these rooms uh, filming and teaching and in fact, the reality is, as you were up here worshiping, I was just remembering that you you are a much better preacher and speaker than me. You 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 should actually be up here. In fact, there are a few men like Jake that have the raw zeal and anointing to just cut through all of the guff and go right to the heart. And uh, yeah, and then about seven years ago, and then I'm done. Uh, Seven years ago, I was in the bush of Mozambique on a trip with Heidi and Roland. And they came to me and and offered me the biggest offer of my life and the biggest uh, honor of my life. And that was Will, you come on the board of Iris Global and I was kind of heir apparent for Global Awakening with Randy Clark. I've been running with him now for 13 years, and I had to make the hardest decision of my life. Hard decisions aren't a bad thing, guys. Difficult decisions aren't a bad thing. And I had to pick between Randy Clark or Heidi Baker. And if you... <laughs> I mean, that sounds uh, that actually could sound pretentious. I'm not trying to be pretentious at all. But for me, and I want to share this really quickly, it was, it was, you know, do I do the, do I do the platform? or do the poor, the sick, the needy, and the broken. Not one being better than the other, but my heart was for the ones. Raising up a generation of missionaries, the poor, the sick, the needy, and the broken. And so fast forward, I I, I hopped in as as, uh, CEO of Iris Global, joined the board, and, and I get to serve some of the most radical believers on planet Earth. We have 80 bases around the world, and we're seeing revival break out all over the globe. What God sparked in a season of revival in America In the 90s the late 80s has spread across the globe and I and I know that this territory is hotbed for for much of what I actually have walked in for my entire life and I just want to honor any generals that are in here this this amazing church I I don't know I haven't studied you guys I just met you guys uh, 15 minutes ago I drove 10 hours to be here we landed I showered and then booked it over here But I can feel this. I can feel the history here. And and I felt like the Lord wants to remind you uh, of what you're choosing. Are you choosing a platform or are you choosing the dirt? Never mind. Okay. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would just be in this time. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that I could be here with these amazing people. And Lord, I ask you would move, Lord holy spirit i thank you for every single thing that you have done in this place and in this house father i thank you for every move every encounter but lord lord i just say here we are choose us one more time god here we are god i'm so grateful for a house that that will pioneer and open lord that will pioneer and say, No, we 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 will gather together to be in his presence. And so, Holy Spirit, this first night is as, as we come back, this this event, Lord, I ask that you would that you would fill this place with your presence unlike ever before, Lord, that you would fill this place with expectancy unlike ever before, Lord, that you would fill this house with encounters unlike ever before. And Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I say, come and do whatever you want, Lord. You know me. I don't ask you for much, but Lord, I do ask. Ask that you would come and fill each and every heart. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, all the power. Be unto your name, King Jesus. And Lord, I ask that you would put a fire, of passion, and a zeal in the heart of each and every one of these ones that came here tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty, 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 mighty name. And everybody said... Okay, couple of rules, and I, now I know what I want to do. That's all it took. Just a little talking for a second. Okay. Number one, I have copious amounts of ADD. Just y- like I, I think Jake might might have a tick more, but like, uh, but I don't get to be like, like so I so it comes out in like rabbit trails and like being like, oh, there's something shiny over there. That brought up a new story in my mind. Blah blah blah. blah. You okay? So. Uh, so just be ready. If you're a points person, just insert points every so often in your heart and in your mind. And so, and remember, my my, my point is the story. My story is the point. And uh, and so I'm gonna try to stuff 10 pounds of sugar into a five pound bag tonight. And uh, I, there's a there's a few places that I want to go with you. Um, and that so that's the first thing. The second thing is, if the Holy Spirit falls on you while I'm sharing. Well, how do I know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know what it is for me, uh, but but I am fully expectant that the Lord is going to touch lives and touch hearts today. Uh, and if the Holy Spirit falls on you while I'm speaking, that's why I came here. I'm not I'm not a great preacher. I'm not a great leader. But but I love His presence, and and everything is made new in His presence. And I will stop anything and everything just to be in His presence. And if the Holy Spirit falls on you, not like oh, I, I'm, you know I'm like the manifester in church. <laughs> You know, like, and I love that. If, go for it. Yes, yes, go for that. But, like, if that's your MO, like, hey, just hold on. That's not what I'm talking about. And you know, if the fire of God falls on you, if the electricity, the power of God falls on you, you're not allowed to stay in your chair. Deal? Come on. Talk to me. And, and I'm going to create a third rule right right now because you guys are just staring at me. You got to be a little Pentecostal. Like, just a tick. It's a Friday night. Y'all are crazy. You're out here anyway. Right? So just, like, be a little Pentecostal with me and, like, let me know you're alive. That helps me. And I'll preach better. So, like, if, if I'm lagging, you got to get a little Pentecostal. Here we go. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and said... This is Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two to every town and place he was about to go. He told them this. The harvest is plentiful. Everybody say plentiful. Yeah. But the workers are... Few. few. Okay, so you know this. Never mind. I'm going to preach something else. No. Uh, I thought this was the first time you were hearing this. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are Few. Why are there few workers? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, right? The workers are few. Therefore, this is in red, by the way, so like I'm not going to try to interpret it. It is what it is. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the sending out of the 72. This is the conference crowd. This is the modern day conference. Now, this is like the ones that were hungry, the extra hungry ones, the ones that would come out on a Friday night in the middle of a pandemic or the tail end of a pandemic. Okay. I know we got a little bit more than 72 in here. Stay with me. Jesus is saying this not to the 12, even though he commissions the 12 in the exact same way. Jesus is saying this to a group of hungry ones that are the second batch and then you see a third batch as the numbers were added to them daily and then you see the apostolic age and the anti-nicene age in the first 300 years of the church which ended up taking the entire nation of rome yeah. Yeah. Jake you I, like you were f- preaching it you were preaching it god did more with 12 and then 72 come on And then the numbers were added to them daily. And then you have 300 years that shifts the entire globe, the apostolic age, the anti-Nicene age. Number one, I'm not a theologian. So just bear with me. If you're like, Will, you're out of your comfort zone. I know I won't, I won't stay here for a long time, but I'll put on my waiters for a minute. Okay. This 300 years shaped Christianity. Here was their cry. Come on. I just feel like, I just like, I just want to like, it makes sense. I just need a guitar when I preach. <laughs> they <laughs> they were known, the first, the first 200 years specifically, the apostolic age, which was like, hey, my grandfather walked with Jesus. My great-grandfather saw that scripture. It was so raw, so close, so near that there wasn't a guess. In the apostolic age, in the anti-Nicene age, they never prayed for the will of God. They knew His will. Come on. I'm just giving you a brief bit of history, just for a second. They were noted for not praying for, for the will of God. They knew what He wanted to do. And they did it. They were known. This is the term, nameless, faceless generation. They were actually known. They coined the term nameless, faceless generation. It wasn't Lou Engel at Ascend. As much as I love him. And he probably coined it not even knowing that. They were known as a nameless, faceless generation. Number one, did God give you a name? Yeah. Hello, come on, stay with me. I told you, get a little Pentecostal man. Don't make me come down there. Did God give you a name? Yeah. Did He give you a face? Yeah. Some of them, yeah, some of them have better ones than others. But that's okay, whatever. <laughs> y- you have a name. You have a face. You- your name is important. Your face is kind of important because it's where the gospel comes out of. But that is not the point, right? The nameless, faceless generation, that cry was, God, I will go anywhere. God, I will do anything. Mark me. I will take this cross and I will carry it. I will take this cross and I will carry it unto death unto death this was also a generation that knew the act of salvation potentially could lead to death come on stay with me stay with me don't worry you're gonna be okay the act of obedience come on could lead to okay jesus said take up your cross okay and do you know when he said that he had not yet gone up on the cross when jesus said that he had not yet been up on the cross To the group He was speaking to, they only know the cross as a torture device. I'm not saying God wants to torture you. But that's the context of what it was. When Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me, He was speaking of a device that they would give their lives on. Come on, come on, come on. Don't worry. I got fired up during worship. I don't know about you guys, but I was up here like, doing my chunky Massachusetts like, you know, like, I was like going back to the day. I loved it. But I I just get fired up when I hear Jake because I get fired up when I hear passion. And so many people have lost their passion. So many people have lost their their, their fire. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. 1 Thessalonians... 519 says that do not put out the spirits fire who puts out the spirits fire Satan doesn't have the ability to put it out he doesn't he can't who has the ability revival doesn't come and flow and ebbs and waves and all those things no God is God the Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit he's going to do whatever he wants to do who are the wavy ones Who are the ebb and flow ones? He'll do whatever He wants, whenever He wants, however He wants. History has proven that. But for us, we have to tend the fire. We get to tend that fire. We get to steward that ask. Come on. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into His harvest field. He presents an issue and then says, ask. (laughs) Come on. There's an ask that has to come out of our hearts for all of this. Some of you guys are floating off encounters from 20 years ago. You asked back then, he did something amazing, and you're like a quarterback out of high school. (laughs) Selling Tupperware talking about the glory days when you could throw a football over the mountain. Stay with me. God, (laughs) He he wants you to ask again. He wants you to cry out again. This hasn't changed. In fact, this has grown. Right now, the largest that, that I can see, the largest church growth in the world is in the Iranian church. Do you know this? Stay with me. Come on. It's powerful. If you don't know... What God is doing, it, it, is, it is beyond things that I have ever heard. And I have been uh, a part of this movement since 1999. I know it's the tail end. Like some of you guys are like, oh, it's a baby. Yeah, like I get that, but I've been in it. I've been in it, in it, in it for 22 years. I've been in it deep, traveling this planet, 55 nations. Over and over and over again. One of the most exciting things I've heard is what God is doing in Iran. People are coming to Jesus in droves. First of all, it is totally decentralized. There is no one movement that is laying claim. There is no label that you can put on a door. It's just Jesus. Come on, stay with me. Come on. It's just Jesus. It, it is one of the movements that from every schematic I can see and tell and read, it is almost predominant, predominantly female-led. Mostly coming from the prostitutes. Come on. Oh, you have no idea. Come on, we're going to go to a couple of places today. Mostly coming from the most broken. Mostly, come on. Oh, so what? if you've been hiding behind inner healing in your past... I'm going to tell you right now, one of the biggest revivals on planet earth is taking place with some of the most broken ones who've encountered Jesus. Come on. When we become a church that encounters his presence and fixates on, on, on a strategy instead of on Jesus, when we fixate on an on, on idea and not just the king of kings... We start to become centrally focused, internally focused. My gift, my call, my word. Come on, stay with me. Come on, come on, stay. Oh. Come on. Oh, I, I. Oh, my gift, my call, my anointing. Come on, stay with me. Come on. I need another word. I need another, uh, another dream or a vision. And what I'm hearing right now is, 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 is. A dream, a vision with Jesus, radical salvation, washed by the blood, giving their lives away in a context, come on, where you will lose your life if you give your life, potentially. And I've listened to the stories of former prostitutes that have been in jail and tortured for their faith come out, and all they want to do is give Bibles. In fact, one of the most fascinating stories I've heard is two women, two women, The government thought it was a massive Bible outreach program. It wasn't. It was just two women. (laughs) No, I'm not joking. It was two women. And they would go around and put Bibles in mailboxes at night. And then they'd go, they'd cross the border, they'd smuggle them in at risk of their own life. Something like 35,000 Bibles were seated by two women. They thought it was a massive Christian organization. It was two women, hungry for a kin, uh, a king, hungry to give their life. That revival, that zeal, that passion burning through a nation, that truly is nameless, faceless. Come on, stay with me, come on. I love it. Uh, This isn't a hard word. This is a good word. Just stay with me, guys. Don't lose me. Come on. Anybody? Come on. No? Maybe? Yes? A little bit? No? Okay. Stay with me. And the fire of the gospel is going out at such an alarming rate. It is going out amongst nations that we criticize, it's going out amongst nations that we hate. It's going out, and uh, it's it's going like a fire in places that that attack places that we love. And the gospel burns. It is an upside down kingdom. This gospel is a message that doesn't make sense. Oh why, oh why have we tried to make it make sense? Oh why, oh why have we made revival to be about a building and a wave and a well? And a stadium, which he is in all of those things. I'm not knocking any of it. And we can so quickly become internally focused that we forget the external. I will give my life away for the sake of the gospel. You guys are getting me a little extra tender right now. I'm just going to be really honest. Like, I'll share with you. I'll just, like, uh, I won't unzip my shirt, but it doesn't have a zipper. But, like, I will expose a little bit of my heart right now. I'm just going to be really, really real. I just came back from. I ah, bless you, man, in the name of Jesus. Father, release a revival fire on that man. Come on, in Jesus' name. I just came back from Mozambique just a few days ago. I feel like I'm just getting over jet lag. I had an okay night's sleep last night. Four days out there, five days on the road, or five days boots on the ground. I exited, I exited the, the airport and went, and went directly to a group of five pastors who had lost uh, 70% of their family. Right into a meeting, and I'm going to be really honest, I don't see a ton of small kids in here, I'm not going to share anything too graphic, but halfway through, I had to exit the room, and I lost all my lunch in a sink. I've never had that happen, I've been in ministry 21 years, I've served in missions, on and off for that entire time, full time for the last 7 years, I've heard everything, I've seen everything, and it shook me to the core. the things that I heard, in fact, in fact, I brought someone with me who is a professional in this realm, has done this his, for years, and he said it is the worst thing he has ever heard taking place in a nation, ever, come on, stay with me, and this is in a land of revival, Come on, stay with me, guys. This is in a land of promise. This is in a land where Jesus told me to go to, where my children were born. This is in a land where my niece was born. She doesn't look like me, but she's mine. This is in a land of more prophetic promises than most. Thousands and thousands of churches planted. Untold numbers disappeared. I sat with five of them and their spouses. I cannot find my children. My four year old couldn't run fast enough. We came back two days later and he's gone. The most horrific I've ever heard. I'm not telling you this to, to make you sad. Stay with me. Because in the face of the most horrific, the most horrific I've ever seen, I was humbled by the passion and the zeal of the ones who experienced it firsthand. In fact, it, it, it confused me. I, I, it challenged me. Because the moment that they shared the most horrific, there was worship. This is just a couple days ago. This is the first time I've looked at people and shared this stuff. I cannot find my son. I cannot find my daughter, my wife. She is gone. She was probably taken captive. And we worship. I don't care how educated I am. You said it. You sang it, Jake. Uh, like what you? Every place you went tonight, I don't. Care, I don't care if it's a, with an acoustic. You freaking sang it, man. You sang it, man. In a land of revival, in a land of promise, in a land of. Absolute gospel going out. Nation shifted from that of one faith to to Jesus. The battle. And in the midst of the the worst, no different than in Iran, you hear a rise come up of worship. You don't know where your kids are? No. One's four. one's seven. How long has it been? Months. We all ran. They all ran in different directions. Like, if that was me, I don't know if I would be here. I don't know if I'd be worshiping that loud. And yet, out of the heart cry of a first generation, out of the heart cry of a first generation, all that comes is praise. The Bible says, mourn with those who are mourning. We mourn too. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to gloss this over. The the reality was, if those first four days of my trip were the same, I would have left there totally disheartened. I really would have. Except on day five, I met with those five again. Right before we flew out. And I was able to ask some questions with a friend of mine, and Heidi was there, and we began to ask questions. What was the verse what was the word that God gave you? And one one pastor, I, I won't forget, he said, he said, ah, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and he describes walking past bodies, I will never read this verse the same. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. His wife is gone. Why? Because your rod, Jesus, and your staff, Jesus, it comforts me. You prepared a table, and he looked at the I was starving. I was starving in the bush, and now there's chicken. And I, and just boom, I began to bawl. You prepared a table before me, Lord, in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and just glee and joy in the worst of the worst. He said, they can burn our homes. They burned our food, but they cannot burn Jesus out of me. Exact quote. Come on. They can burn our homes, they can burn our food, but they cannot burn Jesus out of me. They cannot burn away this Holy Spirit. He said, when we came, our arms were crossed. We were ang- angry, we were sad when we came. Some of us walked five days. Some of, us, some of us went up through other nations, came back down, just searching, trying. When we came, our arms were crossed. We were angry. And they said, and the mama, that's what they call Heidi there, told us to serve. And so we served. And because we serve, we have joy. Because we serve, we have joy. Because we serve, we have joy. James says this, true religion is tending to... Are you guys okay? You guys alive? Stay with me. Stay with me. You're kind of It got quiet in here. It's okay? Come on. This is a good word. Ooh, this is a good word. Jesus is alive. He is moving. His revival fire is moving. His revival fire is blowing amongst the nations, even in this nation. What what God started in 94 is ramped up. It's fled to the nations. The prophetic words many of you received are accurate. Come on. The prophetic words that you gave your life for, the meetings that you sowed into, you were building foundation stones that have expanded beyond anything you can imagine. Every intercessory prayer. Come on. Every time of gathering and intercession. It's built something and you're a part of it. Whether you see it or not, I'm here to tell you, you're a part of this. But it's not enough. It's not enough just to say, I saw that word come in a meeting. It's not enough just to say, I was there when that person gave a word and the Holy Spirit moved on them. It's not enough just to look back and talk about what He did. I love that. I honor it. I do it. But I want to throw something out to each and every one of you. I'm sorry. I'm a little passionate today. It's it's a little jet lag, and we drove a long time. I got that minivan anger, you know? Come on, stay with me. It's not enough to say that I I saw that or I heard that or I visited Reading. It's not enough to say you went to harvest school 15 years ago. It's not enough to say that. No, because what God is doing now, what He's doing today, uh, is beyond anything I have ever experienced in the last 22 years of of moving around the globe and going to the places that we've been crying out for. Stay with me, guys. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It's not enough to just say, I'm going to stay in a, in a closet and pray. It's not enough. It's amazing. If God calls you to be intercessor, uh, intercessor, intersetter, that's not a thing. Irish setter. Uh... Intercessor. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. Freely receive, now freely give. If God has called you to be a doctor, that's amazing. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. When was the last time you cast out a demon? I cast out 23 two weeks ago at a youth event. They were in the bathrooms cutting themselves. This is that at a youth event? He's on the move. This is Pennsylvania. You're like, yeah, they need it over there. Have you been there? It's Pennsylvania. I live there. Anybody from Pennsylvania in here? Come on. Mike Yoder. Hey, Mr. Yoder. Love you. Love your stuff. (laughs) I'm just kidding. This has gone off the rails. God's on the move. He's on the move. I, I, I I watched kids that 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 were questioning everything about their life. I'm not going to go into it. I don't know if this is streaming, but you can fill in the blanks. The worst, the most broken. Watch God fill them set them free. As we uh, David and I went out and we bought Bibles and handed Bibles. I don't even know how they ended up at a youth event. Many of them had never got never received a Bible before. He's moving. He's on the move. He's on the move. And everything that you paid a price for built a foundation. But it's not enough to say, I've asked. He actually is looking for workers. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Do not forget the promises that he's given over your life. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. And then he says this, go, I'm sending you out, not in, not in. I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. I need you to catch my heart on this one. We have, we have celebrated the calling. We have celebrated the going out onto the street corners, but we do not celebrate going to wolves. And in Mozambique right now, and in, and in, and in Iran right now, they are going amongst wolves. Wolves are designed to take the life of sheep. Come on, come on, come on. You cannot read the scriptures and not see this. You can't go through this beautiful book, this beautiful word of God, this word of the Lord, and say, I am just called to live a good little thing. Come on, and put something in a bucket. That's not what you were made for. Come on, come on. Do you remember, Revelation says, do not neglect your first love, vineyard. Come on, and I love the vineyard. My sister got saved in a vineyard. The vineyard was my watering hole for years, up in Maine, Portland, Maine. Pastor Phil, you you guys know who he is, right? Come on. I, I used to go up there and get fed. My sister was driving by one day. She was a she was in an art school. Totally away from the Lord. She drove by, and the Holy Spirit just turned the wheel in. She gave her life to the Lord. I I honor this movement. You have no idea. Randy Clark, I've served him for 13, no, 16 years. I just was fed on John Wimber year after year after year. And not like YouTube Wimber. I'm talking cassette tape Wimber. I'm talking Randy Clark's personal collection, cassette tape Wimber. There ain't nothing better than a little cassette tape whimper. Okay? Come on, stay with me. There's a breakthrough that was promised. There was lamb that was taken. But go, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. For those of you who know what I'm referring to in the 90s, there is a generation underneath you that you are called to disciple. There is a generation that is looking for the real. And you are not done yet. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, somebody, come on. Should about a Honda, but about a Kia. Rita my bow tie, untail my bow tie, bow tie, we tie my bow tie. Let's do that. That's... Some... Shit about that Honda. Let's go. <laughs> verse. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on back, Holy Spirit. Verse. I think it's verse eight or nine. My Bible is ripped a little bit, so I'm missing some of that one. But uh, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. As you go, you you do the kingdom. We do this glorious kingdom. We give our lives away as a sacrifice. Do you remember when you sacrificed your life? I believe before I went on a rabbit trail, I was quoting Revelation. Do not neglect your first love. As a charge comes to the church, I believe it's Corinth. Forgive me if I didn't get that right. Do not neglect your first love. Ephesus, thank you. Do not neglect your first love. Do you remember what first love is? I was doing marriage counseling last night because I had nothing else to do. Uh, <laughs> I'm marrying a couple. <laughs> He's a rapper. His name's Red Tips. He's awesome. His name's actually Aaron, but he goes by Red Tips. He's an amazingly gifted man. And as I'm sitting there doing marriage counseling, talking to them about, you know, all this stuff, hey, let's go. I'm watching first love take place. And he... And he <laughs> He looks at me, he's like, Will, everybody tells me the honeymoon season's going to end. I don't believe that. And I was like, okay, believe whatever you want. You know, like, <laughs> no, I'm like, it doesn't end, brother, but like, it's just different. But as I was sitting there watching them look deep into each other's eyes, come on. And I was seeing that first love. And it's not just first love. It's like, hey, we can see the wedding date. It's like a couple weeks away. Right? Do you remember when, when he filled you and touched you? Come on. Do you remember when he was so close? Come on. That, that you would walk into a church, you would feel the floor vibrate. Do you remember when you used to pray, pray for the clouds of glory? And things happened. I'm not trying to be freaky. I'm not one of those guys. Do you remember when the little kids would see angels and dream dreams? And you would watch God hover among people. Do you remember when people would get healed in the presence without anybody praying for them? Come on. Do you remember when a prophetic word would literally come and break a pulpit? Come on, stay with me. Come on, I'm not weird. I've seen it. I'm not weird. I've been there. And many of you have too. Do you remember when he would fall in buildings and it did not matter who was on the stage? Come on, who was at the altar? You could not stay in your chair. You ran forward without an altar call. Do you remember? Do you remember when the anointing would fall in rooms so thick it was hard to breathe because the fire of God filled your lungs? And His voice was so near and so close. I want to tell you, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. He is still the same Holy Spirit. And the words of to the nations, they have happened and are happening. But I hear the Holy Spirit asking... will you set aside everything that is about you and will you make it about Him? Will you set aside everything that is about you and will you make it all about Him? Do not neglect your first love. I understand the seasons. I understand what we've come through. I understand that nobody trusts the prophetic. I understand that people are leery. I understand that great men have fallen. I understand that it doesn't make sense. I understand all those things. We walk through it. But fan into flame the gifts of God that are within you that came through the laying on of my hands, Paul says, over Timothy. And that is in the backdrop of immense persecution and their brothers in the faith dying. He goes, Timothy, fan into flame the gifts of God that are within you that came to laying on of my hands. For God didn't give you a spirit of fear, Timothy. Fear doesn't just look like, oh, I'm scared to go and minister or scared to go. No, fear looks like I am scared to trust God again. Fear looks, I am scared to take a risk again because I did it and it didn't go the way that I wanted. It's not just fear of the enemy. It's fear of trusting God again. It's fear of acting like a fool when everybody around you is like, eh, it's just a new season. Oh, we got to redig dig a well. I don't want to redig dig a well. I don't want to redig dig a well. I don't want to redig well. dig a well, guys. Why? Because I'm, I'm seeing a wave that's gone out. And I want to be on the cusp of that wherever it is. I made a lot of mistakes in ministry, but I never, ever sat and waited for it to come to me. Dude, Jake, you know this. You know what it's like to go. I will go anywhere. I'll get on a plane. I will spend my own money. I will go wherever revival is. I would do it even at a young age. Uh, At 17, I encountered the Holy Spirit over three nights. There was a guy named Captain Bob Bradbury. He went to Toronto. He was a fisherman. He was a tuna fisherman from Galilee, Rhode Island. Captain Bob. ever say Captain Bob? Bob. He had the biggest nose I'd ever seen on a man bar none. (laughs) I walked into it. Are you guys still okay? Are we doing okay? Can I just have a little bit more time? It's only 8. Whatever. I'm going to preach this gospel. I walked into a church. Assemblies of God. I was a drug addict, suicidal, cutter. Walked in the basement of a church. I'm there because I want to take pictures. Cuz I was into arts. My parents are artists. I wanted to take pictures of the freaks. The tambouriners. As soon as I get in there, I'm like, I should not be here. I need to get out of this place. Because they're all like, Ooh. they're all looking at you weird. Like, hey, you know, Jesus, do you want to know Jesus? Hey, buddy, do you know Jesus? Is he in your heart home? Do you want to be in your home in your heart? I can help you get him into your home and we'll do it together, brother. And next, thing you know, people are calling you brother, touching you weird, putting oil on your face. What kind of what kind of movement are we? We're the only movement where you can get a full oil rub down and people are like, that's cool. And that's God. Yes. Booyah. A little frankincense myrrh. Some of the stuff that Jesus got for his birthday <laughs> on your forehead. So I'm like, I got to get out of here. But the church was smart. They were meeting in a basement. They wouldn't put them at the top. So in the basement, one door and like a, and like a window that you had to like break to get like a ladder. Y'all are from California. I'm from Massachusetts. We have that stuff. You guys don't have basements here, do you? No, we got basements. It's a great thing. Free space. And it's like cool year round. It's awesome. I don't know why you guys don't do it. It's probably because of the earthquakes. I just figured that out right here. Okay? I was like, I'm sounding really dumb right now. Walk in. The church was smart. They put a big guy at the door. You know, we got lobster traps where I come from, right? He can go in easy, can't get out. Right? They entice you in. Same thing. I'm like, I got to get through that guy, and he's going to call me brother and, like, touch me, and I don't want that. So I'm going to, like, play the game. Right? Everybody stands up. I stand up. Everybody starts, like, worshiping. And this was, like, there was no worship team. It was like, hey, bring your worship instrument. Let's go, guys. And there was like a lady with like one of those harpsichord things with the buttons on it. I don't know what they're called legitimately. She was up there being like, and there was like seven or eight people that had shakers and things. And everybody stands up and they're like waving their hands. So I stand up, I wave my hands. Yeah. People are singing songs. I'm just mouthing words. Because I don't want them to come up to me. I don't want them to talk to me. All of a sudden, it ends after like a half hour of horrendous worship. And there is such thing as horrendous worship. Maybe. I don't know. It was bad. And I go. I see the guy move. Big guy. See him move? I go up to make my move. The door swings open, and in walks Bob, Captain Bob. He was waiting for worship. He, he didn't even like it. He was just out in the hallway. He's the speaker that night. Bob was an ex-fisherman from Galilee, Rhode Island. He had, been, he had been walking with the Lord and in ministry for six years up to that point. This is 2000, nine, or five years, 19, no, I'm sorry, it's 1999, almost at 2000. He had been in ministry five years, got touched in 95 in Toronto. Can I do a little inception, a story within a story? You guys okay? Bob was a drinker, and not like the Holy Ghost kind. Let's reverse Before Bob was a drinker, well, he started at like 12, 13. About 14 years old, I think he, I don't know much about his family, but he didn't really have a family. About 14 years old, he wandered down to the docks and got a job on a fishing boat. 18 years old, became the youngest captain in the eastern seaboard. Okay? By 22 years old, he was captaining a boat, like his own boat, I'm sorry. And that's a quarter of a million dollar boat. And he was working on a system to harpoon Tuna and throw 3,000 volts down the line, zapping them, boop, killing them dead. Now, Bob was either in the mafia or like the CIA or both. Because at like 25, <laughs> at like 25, he got his pilot's license. So he would pilot a plane, spot Tuna, radio down to his fleet now. He had a fleet at 25 and a boat-building business, and they would see bluefin tuna, 1,000-pound bluefin tuna, sunning themselves on the surface, harpoon them, zap, and you got sushi. (laughs) So Bob is is deep, doesn't know the Lord. He marries Susie at like 18 years old, and they can't have kids. It's just Bob and Susie. Susie is 95-pound, soaking wet, teeny little thing with an accent, that you couldn't even understand anything she says and she loves Bob she worships the the ground Bob walks on and Bob loves Susie no kids but he was always he would always take in young young guys on his boat because he remembered how he was taken in Bob like I said he was a drinker and Susie got a hankering for Jesus so she met a church, went to this church. I think it was like a Lutheran, maybe Episcopalian church. And she would attend there. And for years, she would just pray for Bob. And nothing would happen. In fact, one of my favorite stories is Bob's in, a, he would just go and fight. He was a big dude. Bob looked, when I met him, looked like Popeye, but in old man flesh. Like, he was in his 60s. Like, used to be ripped, still is ripped, could take me in a fight but like a little soggy, you know what I'm saying? And that shark fin on his face was like, bang, what's up? Like he would actually, later on he would get in a pool and go dun, 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 like it was a thing. You just couldn't not look at it and point at it and call it things, like it was Bob's nose. Susie told me, told me a story, came back, uh, I think he, he harpooned four bluefin tuna, made you know 50 grand, 100 grand uh, on a trip, goes back, starts drinking, and he liked to fight. So he starts fighting. Uh, He gets a a hand on his shoulder. Bob swings around, breaks the jaw of a guy that was a state trooper, Rhode Island state trooper. Bing, bong, boom, Bob's in the hospital, (laughs) wakes up the next day (laughs) because you don't hit a trooper. That's how we do it in in New England. Bing, bong, boom, you're in the hospital. You guys don't do that out here? Oh, I got some stories to tell you then, but I won't. Bob's in the hospital, wakes up, state trooper is in the next bed. They had like a big wreck that day, and they were short on rooms. So Bob's in one bed, state trooper's in the next, Bob's handcuffed to the bed, and like in four hours, they become best friends. Okay, do you guys know the type of person I'm talking about? Like real deal, your word is gold. Take it to the bank. A man is only as good as his word. That type, I'm telling you, Bob was in the mafia. True story. We're driving back out of a revival meeting, me and Bob. I'm in Paraguay. I know I'm getting ahead of the story. We'll go back, but I told you it was like Inception. We're driving back. God just moved. The fire of God fell. Bodies are everywhere. Kids are encountering Jesus. The power of God ripples throughout a church. It was one of the greatest, greatest meetings I had been to. And Bob spins around and he looks at me and goes, if anybody ever hurts you or your family, do not call the police. <laughs> I'm 17. I wasn't driving. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I go, Bob, what are you talking about? And Susie looks at me and she goes, shh, like, don't go down that road with Bob. He's crazy right now. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, shh, put it in the freezer. Put wood in the freezer, Bob. He's like, shh, boy, put it in the freezer. That's all I know. If anybody ever hurts me or my family, call Bob and he'll put it in the freezer. I still don't know what it fully means today. That was Bob. Fast forward, we're in 1995. Bob Bob and Susie are madly in love. Oh, this is, this is who Bob was. I go to his house. I, I sit down. He goes, he goes, Will, get up. I got, we got to go to the basement. It's Susie's 60th birthday today. I said, it is? Why didn't you tell me? He's like, I just remembered. I went and got her a good gift. I said, okay. What is it? And he takes me down to the basement. And I see it, his gift. It's one gift, and it's in a big old box, and it is a vacuum cleaner. Come on, stay with me, guys. Don't worry. We're going to go somewhere with this. We're going to go somewhere with this. Don't worry. It's a vacuum cleaner, and he looks at me, and I'm 17. I don't even know what it's like. I've never had a girlfriend. Don't know what it's like to have a wife, but I know that is not good. That is not what you give your wife on her 60th birthday. And he looks at me and he goes, he goes, I spent 200 bucks on this. It's amazing. It's got all the bells and whistles, Will. I said, okay. He goes, I'm not good at wrapping things. Help me wrap this. I wrap it up. <laughs> and I don't want to be there anymore. I drove two hours from Gloucester, Massachusetts to Cranston, Rhode Island to wrap up a 60-year-old lady's vacuum cleaner. <laughs> no cake, no ice cream, no happy birthday. Walks up, like he wrapped it, puts it down in front of and goes, I got you a gift, happy birthday. And, and he s- tells me to sit down. He sits down, and he goes, open it. And she's like, okay, Bob, I'll open it, and just unwraps it. And I watch her unwrap it, and I see Bob just going... And before she fully even peels it, he's like, I got the good one. And she goes, oh, Bobby, I love it. I love it so much. You're the best husband. She she goes, I'm going to use it right now. And she just vacuums in front of him. And she looked at me, and I knew what she was thinking. I'm talking about real people right now. I'm talking about solid. I'm talking about hearts. Everybody thinks the anointing comes just because you say the right prayer, or get the right hands on laid on, on you, but the foundation of what He builds on is more than you can imagine. And God isn't looking for the people with the greatest encounters. He's looking for people with a heart. He's looking for people that show up, the 72 that show up and go, "I know this Jesus." and i'll do whatever he says i'll do whatever he says 1995 this is before all all the god stuff with bob susie says bob it was christmas or easter i don't remember I says bob will you come to church with me i've never asked you that's all i want and bob goes my church is the ocean my sanctuary is the boat I talked to God out there. I don't need a building. She goes, Bobby, just please come. Just once for me. And he goes, okay. And he honors his wife. Sits in the back. The pastor gives a set, like does his message. And at the end, dismisses everybody. and goes, I got an announcement. We're looking for a new head deacon for the church. Deacon, Brother Amos or whatever, left. I'm looking for a head deacon. And Bob goes, I should be the deacon. <laughs> I'm the captain of a boat. And inside of his heart, he told me this story. He told me this part. Inside of his heart, all he wanted to do was serve. Everybody is designed to serve him. None of you are here to just live off glory stories. You're designed to serve him. And it is that heart he is looking for. He's not looking for anything complicated. He's not looking for anything complex. He is looking for simplicity. I want to remind you of simplicity tonight. Just simple dedication to him. Your yes is yes, your no is no. And you said yes, and he hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten. He hasn't. Bob walks up to the pastor. He goes, I'm your new deacon. <laughs> the pastor's like, I've never seen you before, sir. He's like, shh, I'm your new deacon. <laughs> and the pastor thinks on his feet. True story. Yeah. He goes, uh, you got to read this book, this book, this book, this book. It's a four-year process. It just comes up with like, like a lie <laughs> just to scare him away. And Bob's like, done. I'll do it. (laughs) Bob takes four years. (laughs) Because as the pastor got to know him, he was like, this guy needs time. He held true, made him read all the books. Bob becomes head deacon of the church after four years and doesn't just become a deacon become super deacon like he is there six in the morning he guards the place he pushes people away he picks people out carries them out even though they don't need to be he he sets up church he the kids call him Captain Bob that's where he got the nickname Captain Bob Captain Bob Captain Bob and he would drop he would he would bring old fish hooks he didn't have children but he would make necklaces out of old fisherman's rope I have one He would make necklaces out of old fish hooks and he'd pass them out to kids. Fish hook necklace for you, fish hook necklace for you. And he would put like rusty barbs near their jugulars. (laughs) And he's like, thank me later. (laughs) Tell your mom I love her. You know, like that was Bob. 1995, he's head deacon, he's driving his truck around and he hears over the radio, a revival has broken out in Toronto. It is a false revival. Do not let it come to your church. If it comes to your church, it will destroy everything. Bob goes, "Not my church." Drives home. Susie, get in the truck. They drive nine hours from Cranston, Rhode Island, out to Toronto. That night. That night. Do you remember when you were so passionate about something? Do you remember when you would drive anywhere? Do you remember what you would do to serve the Lord? How you would go anywhere, do anything, whether it was good motivation or a jacked up one. (laughs) Do you remember when you were so full of the wind of the spirit and the move of God that you would go anywhere and do anything? I want to remind you of something. And for those of you who haven't had that, I want you to get a taste for something. He goes up to Toronto, drops Susie off at a hotel. I'm going to go do the Lord's work, stay here, walks into Toronto. (laughs) 5,000 people. It's Randy Clark is there preaching that night. People come from all over the globe. And he stands at the back of the church, and he's like, these guys are a bunch of dirty hippies. I'm going to shut this thing down. There's no way this is going to come and get my church. <laughs> a kid walks up to Bob, holding a soccer ball and chewing bubble gum. And Bob had this way with kids, passing them necklaces and such. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob goes, Hey kid, what are you doing here? And the kid goes, My mom's brought me here. She's crazy. Everybody here is crazy. And Bob's like, I know. (laughs) He's like, you're going to want to stick around because I'm going to shut this down. And the kid's like, I want to see that. (laughs) And Bob and this kid have a moment with each other. Guys, I know you think I'm making this up. I'm not. And if any of you, how many of you guys went there? Come on. You know that God had so many sovereign moments with people. He had so many sovereign moments. Bob turns back around. He's watching Randy for a minute, and he sees the soccer ball roll down the aisle in front of him. And he turns, he looks, and the kid's out on the ground, shaking the power of the Holy Spirit. And he goes, oh, my God. All these people are liars, but this kid, he was real. He was real. He didn't like these guys. I don't like them. A kid's not going to lie to me. Maybe this is God. (laughs) Sits down in the back. Actually, goes back, gets Susie. They sit in the back, and they're there watching Randy Clark minister that night. And it comes time for ministry, and people start coming forward. And Randy's like, that's the the pastor. I'm the head deacon. And he sees these guys catching for him. And Bob had the longest arms on a human man you had ever seen. He could stand up straight and tickle the bottoms of his kneecaps, just like this. (laughs) True story, we would have to get him custom made shirts. I'm not joking, and his kneecaps sweat too. It was a weird combo. Just, just when he wore khakis, it was just two medallions right under the kneecap. Very strange, but whatever. Stuff happens when you're 60, so I'm told. Come back, Holy Spirit. Please. Bob walks up, he sees the catchers there, and he pushes the Toronto catchers aside. He puts his finger in Randy's face and he goes, I'm the head deacon, I'm your new catcher. And Bob's like, or Randy's like, okay. And he just and Bob, because of his arms, he could just he could just lay him down. He didn't have to bend his knees. (laughs) Heads gracefully touching the floor. So, Bob catches for Randy the first night. <laughs> Can I get some keys up here? If not, I'm going to just keep going. Bob catches for Randy the first, if that's okay. Bob catches for Randy the first night. He stays, catches from the second night, catches from the third night. Saturday night, fourth night, he's in it. He's in it. He's going after God with everything that he has. The power of the Holy Spirit's moving. It's 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 midnight, one in the morning. Come on. Oh. With Randy as I travel with him, some of the greatest miracles we would see were after eleven o'clock. Don't worry, that isn't a sign. And and it's it's midnight, one o'clock, the meeting's coming to an end. And and he looks up at Randy and goes, Randy. I, I, As as they pray for the last people, he goes, pray for me. First time he asked for anything. Everything else, he told Randy what he was going to (laughs) do. I'm your new catcher. He goes, will you pray for me? And he goes, Bob, thank you for catching for me. But it's time that you catch the anointing. And Randy lays his hands on Bob. Bob goes out, thump, on the floor gets up, this is his first time. He's like, whoa, looks at his watch. Church opens at 10, it's one in the morning, it's a nine-hour drive, it's seven and a half. If he goes fast, he motors back. He slips on his alb and his stole, opens up the church doors, kids come running in. Sunday morning, Captain Bob, Captain Bob. He drops to his knees, wraps his arms around four of them to hug them. And they fall out. Thump, 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 thump. No worship songs, no presence, just he's carrying something simplicity, obedience and God just overflows. I remember like 17, 18, leaving, leaving conferences and passing money to tellers and seeing him go out under the power of the Holy Spirit, walking into coffee shops after meetings and the glory of God was just on you and, the coffee shop would encounter Jesus. The whole coffee shop, and leaves so full, that you couldn't help but just prophesy till two and three in the morning over each and every person in the building. Just so hungry for another encounter with His presence. And the Holy Spirit would crash him. says this when you enter a town eat eat what is set before you I'm missing a chunk of this right here it's torn out of my Bible eat what's set before you. you just take a posture of receptivity appreciation for the call that he has you on he says don't don't take an extra pair of sandals Don't take a purse, don't do it. Do you know why? Do you know why you're not allowed extra sandals? Do you know why you're not allowed an extra purse? It's because he wants to be your backup plan. He wants to be your backup plan. Not a strategy. not someone else's testimony. Jesus wants to be your backup plan. Not just a theory. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He wants to be your backup plan. Do not take an extra pair of sandals. That's just another car. That's all that it was. Radical reliance. Combined with a radical calling on going to wolves. Radical obedience. Obedience isn't actually radical. It's just walking with it. Stay with me. John chapter 14 verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will let This is in red, by the way. And I will ask the Father. And He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. This is who He promises us in obedience. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him or knows Him. But you know Him for He lives With you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Laguna. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as one who had protection. And does not anymore. I will not leave you as orphans. The Holy Spirit. Jesus will not leave you as orphans. He will not leave you as an orphan. Why? Because if you love Him, you obey Him. Not just when it makes sense. Not just when your family's doing fine. Not just when it all makes sense. But you will obey Him if you love him he says that if you love me oh if you love me before long the world will not see me anymore but you will see me because i live you will also live on that day you will realize i'm in my father you are me and i am in you verse 21 of john chapter 14 whoever has my commands and obeys them and obeys them he's the one that loves me come on i see a room of radical lovers see a room of radical lovers. He's not looking for much. He's just looking for obedience. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if you're just like Bob and you're like, not my church. I'm the one in charge of that. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And the four kids, they fall out under the power of the Holy Spirit. And nobody, nobody prayed for them. Just Bob gave them a hug. And they're gone one kid's out four hours one kid's out uh 20 minutes parents are screaming at bob cursing at him what did you do to my kid and bob with tears down his eyes go i was at this thing long story short it's the holy ghost or it's your alb The Bible says, do not lay hands hastily on any believer. I don't like that verse because I travel and lay hands hastily on people. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's a cost. The don't lay hands hastily is because it's because in his grace and in his love, he will pour out more than you can handle. But unless you understand there is a cost in His great grace, and the thing that you've been crying out for can shake everything that you've built, and He wants you to know that it can cost you everything. I bless you in the name of Jesus, man. I bless you beyond your wildest dreams. I, I felt. I, I, have we met before? When and where? I, I, what's that? Reading, iris office. You guys visited there. I. I what's that? You live there. Uh, Forgive me, guys. I've seen your faces, but I don't remember any of that. I want the three or four or five. I don't know. Anyone that's in that row, I want you to stand up if you're hungry right now. Father, from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet. I ask you to release your anointing, come Holy Spirit, man. The fire of God is on you, brother, and I saw rescue on you, and I felt like the Lord says, even as you've been rescued, you are going to rescue. And I saw, um, I saw like homes being built out of you, and 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 it wasn't orphanages, no, it was it was like forever homes, and I saw you placing ones in homes, and I felt like the Lord says, this summer this summer you're about to get launched uh, onto a flight and i felt like you you're like in the process of buying tickets yep sweetie beyond your wildest dreams i saw this ywam thing on you and i felt like i felt like the lord was going to take you even into mountaintops he was going to take you into villages and the fire of god is going to mark you and even even as a young age when when life was like robbed girl uh, i felt like the hand of the lord has been directing you and and, and and he's marked you and as a sign that what I'm saying is true I really felt like you gave up a major like a major relationship in obedience yeah come father in the name of Jesus ask for more come holy spirit sweet girl and the father's healing your heart right now I, I don't know if somebody can just put a hand sweetie uh, if you could just put a hand on her uh, yeah come holy spirit The Lord's just healing your heart right now. In Jesus' mighty name. And I felt like even when there was wounding, even when there was doctors saying, "You, you should not, you will not, you will be unable to. I felt like the Lord was releasing healing over you, sweet girl. More, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Fire on her. Fire on her, God. Double it. Now, fire on her, God. In the name of Jesus, more more. Fire on her, God from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I ask for release of your anointing. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out your fire on him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives inside of you. You cannot make this thing look like the world. fast forward five years as Bob left everything. His boat building business, his planes. He would travel around for the teeniest churches along the eastern seaboard. Didn't make any money. And I walk in. And everything changes. One encounter. One encounter. Everything changes. everything changes buddy on the the back I I want you to stand to your feet you just had your hands raised I want you to stand but why were you not standing I told you if the Holy Spirit is on you stand to your feet and he's on you brother I felt the pastoral on you And I felt like you've been asking God to open up, uh, open up ministry schools and, and, and even, and even theology schools. And I felt like the Lord says God's gonna put a desire for the Word on your life beyond anything that, that you've experienced up to this point. And there's a pastoral call on you. There's a pastoral mantle on your life. And I felt like people saw it early on and they tried to put you in a youth room. They tried to put you in a room with little ones, but you, it didn't feel right. You served and you did it well, but it did not feel right. And that's because you're not called, you're not called just to serve a younger generation. You're called to call adults back to their first love. And I felt like, uh, I felt like there's a maturity and there is a leadership on your life. And I felt like there is a, I will lay down my life for my friends. And I heard the Father say over you that the time you spent giving your life down and laying your, literally laying your life down, you're going to you're going to infect a generation with passion and zeal come holy spirit in the name of jesus i bless you in the name of jesus i bless you in the name of jesus I bless you in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. From the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet. I ask for release of your anointing. Ven, Espíritu Santo, en el de Jesús. Ven con tu poder, ven con tu un En el nombre de Jesús, ven, caer en este lugar. Yeah, con Can you with your fire, God. Lord, I ask you would ignite a passion in this room, Lord. I ask, God, Lord, not just another encounter, Lord. Not just another meeting, God, where people fall over. I am. I worship you, God, and I'm grateful for you moving any way that you want. But God, Lord, I ask you to release an impartation tonight. Father, I ask you to release an impartation tonight. tonight. Healings, miracles, signs, wonders, boldness. And Lord, I ask that you would anoint ones, God, with your fire and your glory tonight. Shorabba Sunday. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. And Paul says, Timothy, fan into flame. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that is within you that came through the laying on of my hands. For God didn't give you a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fan it into flame. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fan it into flame tonight. Lord, if they feel like they're not strong enough, God, or they've done it and they've lost the focus, God, I ask, I ask that you would fan it into flame tonight, Holy Spirit. I ask that you would fan it into flame tonight, Holy Spirit. But Lord, Lord, I ask, God, that you would release a hunger and a zeal for nothing but you, nothing but your kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, come, Holy Spirit. Double it now. Fire on them, God. In the name of Jesus, more. Whoa, more. There's fire on you, girl. Double it now. Fire on her, God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And people have brushed you to the side, sweetie. They've brushed you to the side. And they said, they, they said look, they've made a spectacle even. I felt like there was words that, that even tried to make a spectacle, but I heard the Lord say, that's my, that's my fire dancer. Come on. That's the one uh, who will go anywhere and do anything. And I felt like you've even, you've even uh, walked in mission shoes and you've gone, you've gone to very scary places. And I felt like the Lord said that even as your family, uh, like, like stood even against that, that the Lord was releasing a grace and, 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 and a, a Fresh communication and a fresh community and I felt like uh, the even Malachi the the last verse in Malachi and I will turn the hearts of fathers to sons and sons to fathers or, or else I'll strike the lamb with a curse. I felt like hearts of children are being turned over your family right now. In Jesus' name, and Father, I ask God, I, I thank you for the zealous ones, Lord, the ones who burn, the ones who don't stop burning. And Lord, I ask for more in Jesus' name. Fire on our God. double it now. fire on our God. In the name of Jesus, more, more, more. Fire on our God, in the name of Jesus. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, I ask for release of your anointing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, more, Lord. More, Lord, fire on a God. In the name of Jesus, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Is anybody hungry here? Then I don't know what you're waiting for me for. Holy Spirit, come. You can. I just dare you to enter into His presence tonight and stop waiting for another miracle from me, and just look at the face of Jesus. His eyes. His eyes are holy just calling you tonight. I ended a story and I just want to finish it in two minutes. I said my trip to Mozambique would be the most difficult. But as I got to ask questions and they told me stories, they worshipped and they shared from the word And I heard the ones that had lost their family. And I heard the ones that had lost their children with smiles on their faces say, this this gospel is going out as fast as it's ever gone. And I watched them get up in front of crowds of hundreds of people as their children are missing, as their wives are missing, and preach this glorious gospel. Let the testimonies of our brothers and sisters in Christ encourage you tonight. Let the testimonies of our brothers and sisters in Christ, not our neighbors, not, not far away ones, but the brothers and sisters that you have sown into let them encourage you. And in, in, in one of the most humbling moments of my life, I dropped on my knees in the dirt as five men laid their hands on me. I've had hands laid on me by Reinhard Bonnke, Heidi Baker. I've never felt anything like that in my life. Therefore, ask. Is there anybody hungry here tonight? If you're hungry, stand to your feet. If you're not, you just do whatever. But I ask right now that you don't put yourself in a mode, in a normal mode like, oh, I'm just gonna wait to get home I ask that you close your eyes and begin to ask him Lord here I am take me Lord here I am take me come Holy Spirit I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come some of you might feel heat some of you might feel fire thanks Josh some of you might feel power Just, just ask him for more tonight just ask him for more tonight Lagoon in the galleys. <laughs> just ask him for more tonight. Let it With your voice, just say, here I am, God. Take me, John Wimber. He would pray this prayer. Lord, I'm a coin in your pocket. Spend my life any way you see fit. Let that be the cry of your heart tonight. Come, Holy Spirit. Hey, come, Holy Spirit.